Hi, I'm Dave O'Malley from The Ohio State University, where I'm, I'm honored to lead the Division of Gynecological Oncology, as well as uh, the work I do with as a clinical trial advisor for Juji Partners. I'm really looking forward to talking about current emerging therapies for platinum-resistant ovarian malignancies. But how about what have we seen most recently? We now have four additional trials that have reported out large randomized phase three trials. And what do we see in those arms without BEV? Single agent therapy really is about 10% plus or minus about 3% in a response rate. So as low as 4% in the Javelin uh, 200, which was with PLD, and up to about 13% in the Ninja trial. So again, consistent with our really a data, but really looking at almost uh, just at about single agent response rates, a little bit above for our current contemporary controls. So it's important to keep in mind as we're discussing new agents that are our contemporary control is about 10% plus or minus a few percent. So clearly, platinum-resistant ovarian cancer continues to be a large unmet need for our patients as all those who recur will ultimately become platinum-resistant. And how do we kind of look at some of these strategies? Well, a way that we've set this up to evaluate it is looking at weekly paclitaxel regimens, plus or minus weekly paclitaxel, then antibody-drug conjugates. Uh, immune therapies, and then targeting replication stress. So let's talk about the taxing uh, first. So the first trial we get to is VB111. This trial has completed enrollment, really interesting adenovirus, and it looks to have a dual mechanism, both antivascular as well as immunogenic uh, properties it's taken to the cells. And this large randomized phase three trial, I said, has completed enrollment. We're exciting to see the results of it. And it was really weekly paclitaxel plus or uh, minus, I'm going to call that OFRA. Okay. So when we look at this and we look at OFRA in the oval study, the exciting preclinical results of 13% of, of response rates as a single agent but as then we combine it with paclitaxel, we see uh, response rates significantly in, uh, increasing. And this is from uh, Dr. Aaron's uh, paper from the interim analysis. Now, we also have uh, the uh, GOG3044, the Perfecta 2 study, and that is looking at the uh, PAN-AKT inhibitor. It's really interesting. A lot of the data, the preclinical and early uh, phase data is really looking at uh, re uh, restoring chemosensitivity. And when we look at this uh, trial, it's actually recently been amended to include up to one, to one to five prior chemotherapy regimens. In the past, it's required BEV, but now BEV is optional in this patient population. Again, very interesting uh, mechanism in preclinical work, and this trial is ongoing. So again, looking at uh, targeting the AKT pathway to restore platinum sensitivity. Let's change gears a little and look at a relicorlant, which is a cortisol suppressing uh, agent. And the theory behind this is that 
cortisol actually blocks um, pro-inflammatory uh, cytokines. And, and by utilizing that, then allowing for chemo resistance. What this agent does is trying to restore chemo resistance. There's a very interesting three-arm trial that looked at intermittent dosing uh, versus continuous dosing versus the single arm of NAD paclitaxel, a trade name that is Abraxane. And when we looked at these outcomes, you see here that the intermittent dosing seemed to differentiate itself versus single agent, a NAB paclitaxel. And this led to the design of a, uh, uh, of a larger trial that we'll talk about in a second. But you see here that the response rates are similar. But when we see that the duration response appears to favor the intermittent dosing, probably related to with regards to the tolerance. So as we move forward in that design of the trial, we're obviously going to look at the intermittent dosing compared to uh, uh, a physician's choice. Speaking of novel treatment strategies, the GOG3029 or Innovate 3 is looking at tumor treating fails. And what this is, is arrays which are placed on the abdominal uh, cavity. And it's actually an electrical current that has passed between those arrays. This apparatus actually has three approvals already, two in GBM and one in mesothelial, uh, thoracic mesothelium. And when we look at the preclinical work here, it's really interesting that it disrupts the uh, mitotic spindle. So you have this antimicrotubulin effect. And Dr. Vergote uh, uh, originally presented the expansion cohort. This current phase three trial, the Innovate 3, has actually also completed enrollment with nearly about 500 patients uh, in this. And again, weekly paclitaxel plus or minus tumor treating fields. The primary endpoint here is overall survival is obviously you can have a placebo controlled trial with the tumor treating fields. Now, another unique strategy utilizing taxanes is the GOG3059 trial, the Accelerate trial. So once again, looking at wonderful clinical, uh, preclinical work uh, by Catherine Fu, uh, previously at WASH U in St. Louis, who's really looked at the axel-gas-sex pathway, which basically everything bad that happens in cancer seems to have some relationship with the gas-sex uh, pathway. And what this does is it the mechanism of action is actually a decoy receptor for the gas sex. And this agent's pretty amazing in that it has um, very little to uh, any toxicity compared to weekly paclitaxel. So the ongoing phase three trial continues to enroll uh, in, in with weekly paclitaxel uh, plus minus axel. Now, with regards to the antibody drug conjugates, we have uh, two, uh, really four ongoing trials and a series of other trials that are uh, being designed. And what antibody drug conjugates are, are basically an antibody connects to an antigen. That antigen then releases its contents into the cell. 
it undergoes degradation and then becomes active. Most of the payloads are antimicrotubulin. And so what we see then is the uh, ultimately then active within the cell, causing cell death or apoptosis. And then with that, the active ingredients are then released from the cell, the active agent, I should say, not ingredients, are released in the cell and you get bystander effect in those cells uh, that are near. And with regards to immune therapy, we have uh, multiple trials. And this is really based on, really based on some uh, wonderful work. Now, the problem with combining these immune therapies, immune therapy by themselves, has been fairly disappointing. But some area of optimism is when we combine it with PARP inhibitors plus antivascular. And we also have the Mediola data in a platinum sensitive, so I did not include it here, which had quite impressive results. Now, you could argue that these response rates with uh, by themselves without the immune therapy may explain uh, these waterfalls. But again, the triplet of PARP inhibitor, Immune therapy and antivascular is very interesting, uh, but maybe more in platinum sensitive than platinum resistant. GYN023, which has now activated, this is a, a forearm trial looking at physician's choice. And then uh, again, using that triplet, Derva, Laprib, or Sidirinib, in this case, Sidirinib rather than Bev, versus Derva or Sidirinib together versus a laparib sidirinib. And the randomization is one to two to two to two. So uh, when we're looking at this, this is again an, an NRG trial that we, we will be able to sort out the relative contribution of each one of those combinations as compared to the triplet, seeing if the triplet adds uh, additional benefit beyond the, the two or the combination. Thank you.